welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, author Jennifer Ann Gordon, the award-winning writer of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, and From Daylight to Madness. I am host. I am joined once again by my co-hosts, my Vox Vomitus vixens, Allison Martine, author of The Bourbon Books, and Trisha Ridinger-McKee, author of The Beyond series. We are joined today by a plethora of exciting guests, including uh, Bruce Sondheim, or Dr. Bruce Sondheim, I'm seeing, who is a playwright, Staggerly Cole, and Rick Waters, Walters, I don't have my glasses, Walters, who are both actors. Uh, so thank you, fellas, for joining us this morning. Thank you. Hello. This is usually when we toast with alcohol, but I know it's 10 a.m. where most of you are. So toast with, with coffee, with juice or tea. Uh, yay! So, Bruce, we'll start with you. Can you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Bruce Olav Solheim. As you can tell by the name, I'm of Norwegian extraction, first-generation American. Um, I am a historian, a playwright, an author, a disabled veteran. Uh, I've, you know, I've done a lot of things. Uh, I've been teaching uh, college history for 30 years, and uh, it was just about 10 years ago that I started writing plays. I had written history books and articles and academic stuff, uh, and I got into playwriting. And uh, the first play I wrote was called The Bronze Star. And it was uh, it won an, two awards from the uh, uh, Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival, and it was about uh, a Vietnam veteran friend of mine who had committed suicide. And uh, but it actually has kind of a happy ending, which is kind of odd. But anyway, uh, that was the first play, and now I've written ten plays. And uh, the most recent play, and why we're here, is called uh, Tough Trip Through Hell. And uh, we formed uh, Rick and I started uh, Lockdown Theater and Lockdown Media Group uh, during the lockdown because we wanted actors to be working and creative people to be creating. And Rick knew some people and uh, we both knew some actors and we threw it all together. And now we're on our third lockdown production. And uh, I'll just leave it there for now. Let the others talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. Third during lockdown? What's that? That's third production during this lockdown? Yeah, the first one was in May, the second, so early on. Second one was in July, and now this one is a, 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 a episodic comedy Western drama, and we're on episode four this coming Wednesday night. So we decided to do it uh, as as episodes. And yes, so we've been very busy, very very um, busy. I just want to say thank you on behalf of all performers everywhere. Um, I know that uh, the Vox Vomitus Vixens and I are all authors, but before I was an author, I was an actor and I was a professional dance instructor for the past 12 years. Uh, so uh, the pandemic has really changed my entire career path <laughs> into now I'm a writer only mm -hmm. at the moment. Uh, so thank you for keeping the arts alive. Uh, Stagger Lee, can we hear a little bit from you? Who yeah. are you? I, um, in, was, I was born in California and I was raised in Seattle and I just moved back to California about a year ago. I'm here now, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an actor mainly, but I also dabble in uh, 
train driving. I have a monorail license and a trolley license. You drive a trolley? Yeah, I drove the Seattle monorail. Are you hiring when they reopen? Because we have one too. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Disneyland. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, and then a trolley at the Grove in um, Hollywood. So um, yeah, I moved here for acting. Um, I have mostly dabbled in like indie stuff. Uh, One of the other actors in this, Rochelle Henry, kind of wrote me into the lockdown theater and I I knew Rick from another project. Um, So I'm I'm really happy to be here and in this project and Bruce is a great writer. And uh, yeah, good to be here. I feel like you said I came for the acting, but stayed for the trolleys would be, <laughs> would be my tagline for you so far. <laughs> and I, I just want to add Stagger Lee is a tremendous young actor. I mean, he's going places. I know this young man is going places. He's, he's got comedy timing and sense like you can't believe. And he, He's got, I don't know if you're a dancer, Staggerly, but you got that kind of movement or something. <laughs> he has a lot of physical comedy, too, so he's swivel really, really good. Swivel no, Thank you very much. Staggerly swivel lips. Swivel lips. Swivel lips. I just think you said hips, not lips. I know. I know. I know, but both work. Both work. How is, how is you swivel? <laughs> Those are the, the vocal warm-ups that we do before we go on stage. Right. Out now, brown cow. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm um, I'm Rick Walters. I, I am, uh, like Bruce said, I was one of the one of the founders of Lockdown Media Group at the beginning of the thing because uh, I am an actor. And I, uh, if you can imagine, say like a, a dog inside the house when the owners go away, you know, and kind of that look inside the window. The <laughs> I was doing one of those. I think maybe maybe it was coming through on my social media or something. But somehow <laughs> the universe put Bruce and I back together again after years of not collaborating. And um, I had been in talks with another friend concurrently, just completely separate in another world and another conversation about virtual production. And this is before COVID even, we were talking about virtual production. It was really exciting, the mechanics of the technology that was coming through. And uh, we were just trying to find, you know, avenues to employ it. And uh, just for, for the layman, me, uh, virtual production is is basically using Instead of uh, just using green screens, it's using LED screens, cameras, and software to put a live performance anywhere in the universe. You know, so a performer stands in a room surrounded by LED screens, and suddenly you're whisked away to Hoth, and uh, the Mandalorian is right there in front of you in the stage. Anyways, uh, that was a daydream, and the tech was just so far away from us and so expensive, et cetera, et cetera. And then this whole pandemic thing happened and Bruce in this conversation uh, happened on Facebook and it was going to be a table read. And, and if you're in theater, you know, Jennifer, it's like yeah. uh, sometimes you need stuff to do. And table reads are a good way. Cold reading is a very, very good exercise as an actor. So I do that frequently. And I always volunteer when I can. I love to direct table reads, good exercises director as well. Um, so yeah, I was all about it. But anyway, I brought up the idea to Bruce, you know, what if uh, we take these two different universes and bring them together with over the shelf or off off the counter kind of 
software and mobile devices and start telling stories with it. And we did. <laughs> and here we are today. That's so exciting. Um, I love that you brought up table reads and cold reading because I was it was specifically a question for um, Bruce, but I also wanted to hear uh, hear it from the point of view of actors. Uh, as a writer, Bruce, have you ever written something on the page and thought, this is amazing? But then when you hear somebody say it, you realize, oh, oh that, that it's not as good as I thought it was. Yeah, every single time. Every single time. Every time. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and some of it shines through. Some of it that you didn't think was that great ends up being, hey, that's pretty good because yeah. the actor does, you know, the magic that they do. And, uh, yeah, there, there's, you know, good writing is, is, is rewriting and, yeah, so many different revisions of everything. And, and theatrical plays or stream plays that we now call them in this environment, online environment, we call them stream plays. Uh, they are such a communal thing. I mean, it's uh, all theater is. And uh, it's so different than when I wrote, you know, I've written, you know, my regular writing history books or I wrote a novel for middle grade readers. It's all inside of my head. It's very isolated. And here I am you know, in, in the theater or in this online theater environment, and you're, you're collaborating with everybody. And you have to kind of put your, your ego aside a little bit, and a, a lot, actually, sometimes, and just let people run with it. And these creative minds will take you in places you didn't even think you would go. So, yeah, you have to, I think you really have to be open to that. And, um, but stick to your guns on things that you know will work, you know, tried and true things, and then other things you can let let go but yeah it's uh i'm constantly surprised um by what comes out and like the the character first stagger lee's character he's one of the innocents in uh which is kind of a greek chorus thing we put into a western which is wild and crazy and we all love it and stagger lee has brought that character to to such life he's you know it's, it's amazing to see it jump off of the page into his body and out of his mouth and into the world and it's pretty amazing what what he's done with the improv actor too he's actually improv with what bruce has given him yeah like like we do a lot of different levels of performance and stagger lee has taken part in uh pre-records vocally he's done pre-records visually with video uh he's done live performance on video we've got together and do promo video and then he's edited and uh improved also so there's so many different layers of performance here you get to do as an actor it's pretty cool um, so one more quick question to Bruce before I get um, to Rick and Staggerly. Uh, Bruce, do you ever find yourself, now that you know the talent you're working with in this show, uh, kind of writing to them, writing to their strengths, writing away from their weaknesses, which they don't have. They don't have any weaknesses, I'm sure. <laughs> no, you have, you have to, uh, yeah, once you do that table read, that all-important table read, you, you see how you know you're going to make revisions that will benefit the project as a whole but also that particular actor and what their strengths are so you might have to give more lines to people than they had originally to really bring their character because every character deserves a, a rich life you know in in a, any piece right and uh and then some you have to scale back just a little bit because maybe it's a little too much so it, it, all of that comes through when you do these these reads and and uh, it, I, I love it. I love the process of creating and writing. And uh, it, it, I, I can't think of anything better. I mean, I love teaching, which I've done for 30 years, but I've been a writer since I was a little kid. So and wanted to tell stories. And now these people, you know, Rick, 
and Stagger Lee and all the others and our, you know, you know, nine others plus the tech people behind it and the music, our musical director, that we're all putting this together and it's, we're making the best out of a kind of an unpleasant situation. Uh, you know, let's face it. I don't like to think of the negative, but we, we, I look forward to every day, you know, working with these folks and, you know, Rick, Rick didn't mention it, but he's also a veteran. So what's cool is that we were both veterans and, you know, he brings things to the table and in intensity as a director, producer, and actor that uh, maybe some of the younger actors haven't experienced that, but he will help them, uh, you know, see the, the reality of that. So when he play he plays a character who is a civil war veteran. So he brings, he brings that to the table and uh, everybody brings whatever experience they have. Right. And, and, and talent, but um, it's just wonderful to watch it play out. So I can't think of anything better. <laughs> um, so now I'm going to switch the, the script a little bit over to our actors. And this isn't necessarily about uh, Bruce's work because he's sitting right here. Um, but have you as actors ever gotten cast in a a role or received a script or even been, you know, cold reading at an audition where the words are terrible. I mean, we all have, I'm just going to say that. How do you read a terrible script and make it uh, less vomitous? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go first. I think you should. I think. Okay. Um, well, I mean, first off, don't show that you think it's bad. Right? Yeah. I mean, um, you're an actor, so hide how bad it is. Yeah, act like it's good. Yes. Um, I, I guess just bring in, try to put, often when it's it doesn't seem like a good script or the writing is kind of off or whatever, it's it's mostly lacking emotion, I think, or it's too much emotion. Um so dialing that in, trying trying to get it at a realistic level. And then also, I mean, very often when I am in projects and stuff, of course, if it's all right with the writer or whatever, ad-libbing a couple words or whatever to make it more natural um, for you to say um, if they're all right with that. <laughs> and it still works with the project. Um, helps me a lot, you know. I... I mean, for example, I often get cat. I kind of get cast a lot as like a handsome young man that that's taking the lady out, and I'm I'm more of the like, <laughs> you know, weirdo, you know, sort of thing. So um, I got to practice on my I'm my handsome young man. <laughs> Practicing more handsome and less whatever that was. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would die to get typecast as either one of those two. That would be yeah. a fantastic <laughs> turn. Okay, in my well, career. Rich, what do you get typecast as then? I'm the douchey, douchey ex boyfriend or the cop normally. normally <laughs> You're the douchey ex boyfriend who is I'm a the cop? bad guy. Yes, oh, actually, I just played that. I, I actually went to, to Brooklyn last weekend to play that guy. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, Rick, what, what do you what do you yeah. do when it when it's when you feel like the script is going bad? <laughs> okay, so it's changed over the years. I came from you know a punk rock ethos background where I kind of somehow got stuck on this this hipster elitist train with my music early on in life. You know, like 
Like, you don't know who Nick Cave is. And like, <laughs> people would be like, he's on the radio, dude. <laughs> no. I got really butt hurt for a long time about stuff like that. And so I would read a script and I'd be like, no, oh, this is garbage. You know, the first thing, the formatting was off. You know, I, I, if I read a script, there's bad formatting or there's bad spelling or, or, uh, you know, the spacing is off or whatever. I, I just don't, my, my brain shuts off because I'm a hipster. <laughs> I'm a hipster. But no, no, I, in, in all honesty, um, what I've learned is, uh, you know, I've become a director and a producer over the years and I've broken down many scripts too for, for not just for, for acting, you know, beating out a script, I call it as an actor and then breaking it down as a producer and AD. Those are two different, uh, uh, crafts, two different art forms, honestly, because yeah. one is more left brain, one is more right brain. But what I've learned is the script is the script. And if you're an actor, you know, you go into that with all of your guns, you know, firing. So if the words are bad, then you do those words as bad as they are, as good as you can. And that's what I've tried to do many times. And I think I paid for it sometimes because I don't say no to anything. I'll do anything. I'm in the valley right now, so don't take it the wrong way. But um, I'm glad nobody got that joke. No, I got it. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever's on the page can work. And so you try to make it. That's part of the challenge now for me, you know, work being what it is. Oh, no I love this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Trisha and Allison, let's start with Trisha. Do you have any questions for our fellas today? Yes, um, you're all involved in so many things. Um, my question is, how do you manage your time? How do you um, prioritize? Sometimes I know you want to go through passion, but there are other responsibilities. How do you find that um, even ground? Hmm. Well, he kind of does the work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get up very early. I get up somewhere between four and five o'clock, and wow. I'm very quiet oh, yeah. in the house. And uh, I get a lot of work done before uh, anybody else is up. Uh, sometimes almost a full day of work. So, uh, and with writing, that's you know that's what it is. And creating, I I also. Uh, write and create comic books and and so that you know i'm doing that in fact i was doing that just before the show putting together um my next uh well i have actually two projects in line but anyway so uh i i think that uh you have to balance it with family responsibilities you know i'm i'm not only a a, a father of four children i got two grandchildren and i got a full-time job teaching so i got to balance all that stuff Luckily, I'm teaching online, so it makes it a little bit easier to balance your work day. But, um, you know, and also as a writer, as a writer, you got to get out there and experience the world a little bit as best you can, although it's harder now. So I got to take my meditative walks every day. So I, 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 I become a creature of habit, and, uh, and, and that's kind of how I, I balance things. I also have a to-do list every single day that I try to work on that I never finish, but I still try it anyway. <laughs> uh for me i it's it's been much easier since i've moved away from seattle where all my friends and family are and stuff i miss them but like now i don't really have that excuse to like oh, i'm gonna blow that off i'm gonna go hang out with someone sort of thing so i'm kind of in the 
the world now. And uh, I have a lot of hobbies that I've, I've new ones I've even picked up like mold, mold making and stuff um, of just cast casting things like life casts and such. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, since the lockdown, especially I got, I got laid off from my trolley job, unfortunately, but like now I'm making videos and doing the lockdown theater thing. And it's, it's much more what I want to do with my life anyways. So uh, that's, what I've been doing. <laughs> and I have um, a YouTube channel called Island of Misfit Films that I, I make my own videos for too. So yeah, making videos and doing the lockdown theater every week. It's, it's <coughs> been fun. <laughs> well, I was mesmerized there. Does that mean it's my turn? It's your turn. Okay. It's, funny, so it's funny seeing everybody's eyes are six frames. Everybody's eyes went like this. <laughs> so, uh, that's how I knew. Did you feel like one of the youngest Brady kids? Like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, they're all looking at me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was uh, fascinated about about the part about how he kind of said, you know, I'm in the world now. That that was just like blew my mind for a second because. <laughs> Cause that's kind of what we all are. You know, we're in the world now, although we're isolated and locked down, we're in the world. So this is kind of how we're interfacing with it. And I think that's amazing. You know, actors act, writers, write, directors direct. And so it's kind of what we're doing. This is a manifestation of that. And what's cool is, is people are going to eventually people are going to pay us money. <laughs> virtual production is, is actually a thing now. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the scale of what we're doing compared to, say, like the Mandalorian, it, it seems completely, you know, on opposite ends of the spectrum. But when you boil it down mechanically, it's the same thing. And we're doing it even more resourcefully with even less money, with a infinitesimally fractional amount of money compared to what they spend on that show. A lot less. By sh <laughs> the sheer will and ingenuity of folks, you know, and we're storytellers. The mechanics of how it happens is the same as is on a on a theater, you know. They put the words on the paper, the people memorize the words, and the director tells them how to change their intent in order to serve the story. And that's what's happening. Exactly. It's just now all of our actors are like super actors because their craft has expanded to, you know, lighting, camera, makeup, wardrobe, props choreography you know uh, they have to schedule their time they have to work around other people in their house there's all this other stuff happening that makes this an incredibly complex and exciting thing to do for an actor i mean in and really as a producer that's all the work is worth it just to be able to do that you know you know what i mean so i don't even remember what the question was <laughs> how do you do it all i think was the question uh, time management, <laughs> time management. Oh. well yes okay so yeah full-time job uh um all of that i just you know traveled and stuff and did a lot of things you kind of have to rob peter to pay paul and with certain regards I had to take a day off my day job to go do the the dream job I had to take a day off this job to do that etc cetera, etc cetera. But uh, I don't know if management, it would be an appropriate word to use in the terms of what I do. 
I just kind of throw, I, I go boldly in the direction of my dreams. Uh, that was a meme I read somewhere and that's basically what I'm doing. <laughs> it's more like a gravity thing. Allison, do you have any questions for our guests? Well, I have a couple, but I'm afraid they're both off topic. Part of it is I have very, like you say one thing and my brain jumps after that. So you've, you've mentioned Mandalorian a few times now, and I've seen some of their production set up, but I know what you're saying. You don't have that kind of budget or those kind of resources. And you're also doing this independently. What kind of setup does each actor have that's participating in this lockdown theater? Are, are they all in a studio like that in their home or what are they, what are they recording to? What do you got at home, Staggerly? Um, I, I have a very narrow kitchen with a green screen blocking the sink right now and, and, um, some nice lights that, uh, were purchased for me for, uh, the show. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't look great in person, but on screen it works pretty well. And is everybody isolated then or any, or any actors doing their scenes? Are they recording separately or are they recording simultaneously so they can have that live energy? Some of, some of our, our pre-records were done uh, live. Um, we actually did get together to shoot some promos at one point. But as for the performances, what you'll see is a combination of live performance, actors in front of the green screen, staggerly in this kitchen. Or, uh, and now I know it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to take some of the, the, the mystery out of it, too. Or not. Maybe not. You only see from the waist up, too. So a fun game we like to play is who's wearing pants. Oh. Um, we have the same game. You don't we need to wear pants. Right, okay. Armor bottoms. The real magic happens in the control room in Tacoma, Washington, where Jordan, our tech director, lives. And he has like this wall of monitors and all of these sequencers and MIDI controllers and all of these things where he's programmed in the, the show. So we have a run of show like you would in theater and the run of show carries all of the cues. You know, there's columns for sound cues, music cues, pre-records, video pre-records, et cetera, et cetera. He's got all of those assigned. So there's a great deal of work that goes first finding or creating the cues, then programming them and then rehearsing them, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we do a week turnover. We're like Saturday Night Live in that regard. Okay. In that we have the script, we rehearse it, we do a rehearsal for performance, then we do tech rehearsal on Monday, and then on Wednesday we do a full tech dress, and then we run the show live at 7. And so it's, uh, talk about time management. <laughs> Woo! Everyone's a stage manager too, so. Because uh, you, you have to be your own stage manager, really. You, and your own costumer and your own makeup. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And we learned that, too. You know, we actually tried to kind of delegate stage managing amongst us. And the thing is, the, the schedules are so disparate that everyone has to be kind of accountable for being there on their own because it's just too hard to, to do that. And it's funny. You'd think it would be easier not to have to get up and put on clothes to go to the theater. But it's it's still actually a thing because you have to set up your whole world in order to be to participate. You know. Anyways, uh, yep. Yeah, the, so, I mean, the, the just to add on what Rick said, the, the the really cool thing is that Jordan can create any setting that we want. So we could be on Mars. We could be in the case of Tough Trip Through Hell. We are in Mon in, in uh, uh, Virginia City, Montana Territory, eighteen sixty six. And uh, Rick and I and Jordan spent a great deal of time researching 
what Virginia City looked like at that time, looking at historical documents and maps and photographs that are available. And, and, and Jordan created it um, for us, for our actors to inhabit, in Steger Lee's case, in his kitchen, you know, where he's transported to Virginia City. So it's, it's, it, it, it is an amazing bit of magic. And, and uh, these people are all really, really dedicated. You know, Rick has put in countless hours and uh, uh, into this project and effort and time and money and everything else. And everybody's put a lot of time and effort into it. And the product is, you know, this wonderful live performance that keeps theater alive, you know, which is, um, that's kind of our goal. And we can help. And, and I know there are a lot of community theaters. It's very sad. I see they're sh shutting down. A lot of community theaters are shutting down. And I'm, I'm here to say, and I know I can speak for Rick and everybody else in lockdown theater, we can help you keep alive and keep going and it and it, it's really not that much of an investment i mean it is somewhat of an investment but not beyond the reach of of you know regular working class people to to do it and right. keep your your art going and i think it's you know that's the message that we have if we can do it other people can do it too so we did have a question um, from Patty and McCarthy asking where to find you, but then we got immediately another comment saying lockdown theater on Facebook and YouTube. So she answers the question. Uh, thank you, Rose. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, Rose. Oh, oh. Yeah, so then we have another. We have another comment from Alyssa. Yes, keep theater and all the arts alive. Um, uh, really... Guys, you're very inspirational, I think, not just to theater performers and performers in general and artists in general, but for us, even as writers, I'll say Trisha, Allison, and I all had our debut novels published right at the beginning of lockdown. <laughs> and we were like, yay, we're authors. And then it was like, oh. Ooh, we're authors. <laughs> no book signings. Yeah, we're like, no signings, no release party. Yeah. So, that's why we started this show. We were yeah. like, we started because we were like, we want to get out there and talk to authors and have um, a great first publishing year experience. And it's really helped. It saved our sanity. It saved mine, I will say. And I'll, I'll even say we've had established authors come on and this has now been their release because a lot of them are used to getting to go out there and have their book tours and they're not happening. So they're, they're going, this is the first year. I, this is my 30th book or 10th book. But now I'm releasing this way. So everyone's kind of had to adapt and they're finding this is this is pretty fun to be able to come on here and talk to people not limited geographically and talk to people all over the world and say, hey, I have a new book and anyone can hop on and say, yes, tell me more about it. Or I read this last book of yours. It's, it's giving people who maybe thought they didn't have access to things access, but you still do need like a computer or something to be able to do that or a green screen in your kitchen, whatever you or got. Or a cell phone, really. A cell phone, yeah, yeah a cell do, phone. You can do Maybe all this with your cell phone. Author from her cell phone because her computer decided not to cooperate. So she mm -hmm. would do this. But it worked. Another right. question I wanted to ask, Owen oh, Rose says, welcome. Um, and, and Patty and says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of goes back to something Bruce said at the very beginning about your experience as a veteran and how this kind of came out with some of your first works in lockdown being a, a place coming out of that veteran experience. I wasn't sure if you were familiar with Brian Dory's Theater of War and some of the projects he was working on. Uh, I had a chance to listen to that via audiobook. 
And I was just blown away by that project. I didn't know if you were incorporating similar things or trying to specifically reach the people who are, are veterans with your work, or is it more for just the broad audience or a bit of both? It's for, well, it's for a broad audience, but we have clear messages in every project that we do. We feel like we want to do stories with a heart and that have a message. Like the first one uh, dealt with a very serious topic of school shootings. So This Is My Gun was our first production uh, from inside the mind of a school shooter. And, uh, you know, why is it they do what they do? So we created a dramatic representation of that and with Lockdown Theater. The second one was called The Bridge, and it was inspired by the true story of Kevin Hines, who's one of the few people who survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. And he's become a friend of mine, and he did a promo for us for that. And it was just three characters. Rick did an excellent job as one of the characters, and Rochelle Henry and Tommy Hesmark were the other two actors. And they did an excellent job. And Jordan created the Golden Gate Bridge for us, for Rick and Rochelle and Tommy to do their, their stuff. And that play, and, I, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm saying it because uh, it, it breaks my heart to, to think about, but uh, you know, that people will get to that point in their lives. But uh, we've been told that that play and that story actually made people realize that they, that, you know, that it saved their life. Because they realize that, the, you know, we show, you know, the, the message is that, you know, give tomorrow a chance. So we dealt with suicide in that one. And um, so we have, and in this one, Tough Trip Through Hell, although it's a comedy and a drama, a dramedy, I guess, uh, it, uh, it deals with big issues like racism. And, uh, you know, speaking of the island of misfit films or the island of misfit toys, that's kind of how I look at it, that. All these people are misfits that come to Virginia City for different reasons, broken lives, broken homes. We got a, a, a runaway slave that shows up, you know, and they become the or, or a broken Civil War veteran that shows up and they all have these broken lives and they come together and they forge uh, these friendships. And uh, so, you know, there, there's all kinds of stuff that we can do with, with lockdown theater. And that's so we always have a, a, an uplifting message of one kind or another. In everything we do. And I, I think it's, it's they're really important topics for right now, especially, I mean, like the, the suicide, the mental health issues, because mm. right now everybody is so isolated. And I think it's easy. It's easy for people to really isolate emotionally. Mm. Um, so what you're doing is really important. It's even more important now mm -hmm. than than it would have been a year ago. And that's saying something because it's always been important. So. I, I, I think so. And, you know, it's based on what's going on, like the lockdown theater. I mean, not only is it the lockdown from the COVID-19, but <clears throat> I was actually a few years ago uh, involved in a, a school shooter lockdown at my college. Luckily, nobody was hurt, but we were locked down for seven hours in the in darkness and had to be completely quiet. Uh, it was very traumatizing. And, and that uh, was an inspiration for that writing that that play too uh, so that's partly where the name comes from which i really didn't think of until just now that, that the lockdown the lockdown so that's what they call yeah, it a lockdown. i never thought of that either and i yeah. uh, i have three kids and the two mm -hmm. oldest i had gone to a, an assembly for them mm -hmm. and at the, end of the assembly the teacher the the principal cleared out all the students and asked the parents to stay where they were and we were all confused because they were going to move mm -hmm. younger kids out and bigger kids over there was nothing going on at that school, but district-wide, they had a lockdown because of a threat to another school. And we're no. all sitting there going, 
okay, we're outside, there's nothing happening, but our children are going through this. And I don't think it had ever really hit home for me until I saw it was happening at my kid's school. And the idea of a lockdown now, we, we don't even think about it in that regard. And now we're sending our kids back to school and the idea of sending them back to a dangerous location, possibly yeah. where they get the virus, but there's also these other dangers that were there all before yep. that are in front of our mind. And I don't know, I, I never put the two lockdowns together. Now I don't think I'll get them apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, I hate to cut this short, um, but we are out of time. Uh, I just want to thank you, Bruce, Staggerly, and Rick for being here with us today, being our first playwrights and actors on our show uh, so far. So that has been very exciting and for making time for us on a Sunday morning. I know you're tired and your schedules are very busy. Uh, We're we're easy like Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, Your websites are scrolling underneath. Uh, If you're watching us live, thank you very much. Everybody else who's watching on the replay, make sure to check out their websites and check out Lockdown Theater. Um, If you are one of our regular viewers, and even if you're not just tuning in for the first time today, please tune in Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, where we will be talking to Andrew Niederman, the V.C. Andrews ghostwriter for the past 30 years and also the author of The Devil's Advocate. So that will be a very exciting night for us where I will probably cry and start talking about flowers in the attic. So it's must-see, must-see TV. Uh, Thank you to uh, our producer, Roman Sorotin, our executive producer, Pam Stack, Everybody at the Global Authors on the Air Network, this has been a copywritten podcast by the Global Authors Authors on the Air, and we will see you all next week. Bye.